This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Great to see you. We are actually concluding our series, uh, Intersection of God cut short a week by the ice storm, but that's okay. Actually, next Sunday, we're going to have something special. We have a, a guest minister with us, Jordan Smucker, who's been with us a bunch of times here. Um, sometimes he'll come in conjunction with the Love is Red conference that we host, but he is going to be actually planting a church uh, later this fall in Columbus, Ohio, and we'll have a chance just to bless him and his family as they uh, branch out on that endeavor. But he will be here ministering next Sunday. It's going to be a fantastic time. But we are concluding our series today that we have called Intersection. And what we are looking at is we're looking at a bunch of stories in the scripture where uh, divinity intersected with humanity. And what we've tried to look at and understand is what does that look like? What does it sound like? And, and so far we've looked at a couple different stories. We've looked at Gideon uh, the first week. And we saw how when God shows up that he always calls out to our potential. He said to Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. When actually Gideon wasn't that already. He was hiding away and he was fearful. We talked about that idea that when we find ourselves in a very fearful place, just like we were singing about this morning, that God wants to intersect that and he doesn't want us to remain. He doesn't want us to live in a fearful place. And then last week we talked about the Apostle Paul and how his life and ministry um, was intersected by the divine and, and how God showed up. In Paul's life, and he said, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And then specifically to Paul, he was kind of an angry individual, mad at the church, mad at what was going on. And, uh, and so God showed up in the context of his life. And this is what we need to think about as it relates to this whole series, is the expectation is that God will show up in our lives. And he will say the things that we see in the scripture. He will say to us what we see in these stories. It's very important for us to know that and realize that because God is a very talkative God. The question is, are we listening to what he's saying? That we could just get going in our normal paths and our normal routines and we, we don't realize and sometimes we brush aside the, the thoughts that come to us or the, the voice of God that comes to us. But we don't want to do that. And uh, reading the scripture with this thing in mind will help us to see the voice of God in our lives. What is God speaking to us? What is God showing us? So as we look at uh, these stories, we, what's great about it is that we get a retrospective on the events. They're not written in real time. So the individual, the person telling the story gets to sort of give you a, a full scope of what went on and how uh, they saw the leadings at the beginning and then how it led them through their lives. And so that's a great thing for us. Um, and then what we see is... That the, that the divine voice or God's voice is beyond us. That when we think about divinity intersecting with humanity, that our lives have to move beyond just our desires. That if, if we just let our desires lead us, uh, our, our lives become very limited. But when we allow the voice of God to lead us, he can lead us to places that he wants us to go. That we can experience God's divine purpose for our lives, not just what I want and not just what I desire and not just what I already know. That God's divinity, that God's knowledge goes beyond ours. Could we agree with that? God knows more than we know and he stands outside of time. And so he knows the things that he wants you to get into. So he speaks those things 
to your life. But all if we ever if we only listen to our desires and our wants and, and temporary things, we we miss out on the voice of God. And then so we what's great about these stories to do is that we can see actions and accomplishments. God says something and then people do something. And then this is great for us to think about as it relates to our lives. This is what the voice of God will produce in us. Not a bunch of sameness, but God will cause us to act and move and accomplish things in our lives. And what's great, as I said also, these stories aren't propaganda. In other words, they're not pretending that the individuals that we're discussing are perfect, that they're, they're not a separate race of individuals, that they never made any mistakes, and then God showed up. No, they're, they were all imperfect. In fact, we have record of their imperfections and the things that they did wrong. So it helps us to know that God speaks to all of us, and God wants to speak to all of us. And then um, today we're going to be talking about Abraham. Now, as I was preparing this series, I wasn't sure if I should start with Abraham or finish with Abraham. And I think it's good that, I, uh, that I'm finishing with him. Um, as we talked about um, Gideon and Paul so far, we could see God interrupted fear in one situation. God interrupted anger in another situation. And as we go through the Gospels, if you read through the Gospels with this mindset that you could see that Jesus interrupted sickness and disease, that Jesus interrupted sin, that Jesus interrupted hopeless situations. So as we read through the scriptures, it's always good to know and to think about what is the divine voice in this story. And then what is God speaking to me? Now, as we look at Abraham uh, today, it's not so much um, that God is interrupting something in Abraham, maybe something negative like fear or, or anger. But what we see in the Abraham story is a great vision for life that can apply to all of us. So I'm really excited to talk about this today. And as we look at the story of Abraham, before we get into the specifics of Abraham's life, which starts here uh, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, there's not a lot of details leading up to the Abrahamic story in the book of Genesis. We have a little bit of detail maybe about Noah, a little bit of detail, you know, about Adam and Eve. But when we get to the person of Abraham, we get, you know, uh, a multiplicity of understandings about who he did and what his background was and what all the things that he accomplished. And so when we get to Abraham, we can understand a lot of things about the divine voice. But we, before we get to the call of Abraham, we're just going to back up a couple of verses here in Genesis chapter 11. And we're going to see a little bit about Abraham's past or his history that will maybe help us to understand um, about who he is and, and, and his, his life and his family. And he, he came from a place called Ur of the Chaldees. And there's some reference to in the Old Testament that... Uh, Possibly that Abraham was an idolater, that he would worship idols, and this would be true of a lot of people, uh, just worshiping false gods. But we see the call uh, of God showing up in Abraham's family, and we'll read it here in Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, and it says this, Terah, who was Abraham's father, says, took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, they went forth together, together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So Terah, who was Abraham's father, was leading this group of people, including his son, Abraham, and they were going to Canaan. They were going to what we would know as the promised land. Now, if you look... Um, on a map, Ur of the Chaldeans and, and, and Canaan was here. 
and it says they ended up in Haran. So they were here and they were going to go here, but instead of going directly there, because that was all desert, they followed the river Euphrates and they ended up in a place that was eventually called Haran. Now, Haran was Abraham's brother. So they got to this place and this, this on the way to Canaan land and they kind of stopped and is basically halfway there in a sense. And then the scripture says that they settled there. Now, this word legitimately means they created a settlement. In other words, they had places and, you know, shelter and livestock and, you know, gardens and all these different things to feed their families. But this word settled there, when we think about halfway, that they got halfway to their goal and they settled there. And this is something I think is very important in the story of Abraham, that his family was going somewhere, following the voice of God, and then they only got halfway and then they stopped. The question that I have for you this morning, as we think about the voice of God in our lives, if we think about the voice of God in Abraham's life, What have you settled with in your life? Well, you know, I I saw this goal and I saw this thing and then we we got halfway there and then we just kind of, I settled for this. Instead of reaching my goal, I settled for this. See, God doesn't want us to stop halfway. God doesn't want us just to settle in life. That he actually wants us to get to the places To which he's called us to go. He's called us to go to Canaan land. The promised land. The place of God's desired uh, destination for you. And he doesn't want you to get halfway there and stop. He doesn't want you to get halfway in your relationships. And then, well, I guess this is as good as it's ever going to be. He doesn't want you to get halfway in, uh, in life. In every, any area you want to describe. And just sort of, well, I'm just going to settle for mediocrity. No, the voice of God is not calling us to mediocrity. The voice of God, the divine voice, is calling us to the place that he wants us to be. It's calling us to get to Canaan land. See, and then we can just stop. Abraham's father, he just stopped. We just stopped. We're going to stop halfway, and we're just going to settle here. And we're going to name this place after your dead brother. Seems like a good thing to do, and we'll just stay here. We won't actually get to the final destination. And God doesn't want us to stop. God doesn't want us to settle in our lives. It's such an important thing to think about as we live our lives. Where are these places where you're going, oh, oh well, I guess this is it. I guess this is good enough. I guess this is just okay. I mean, I'm not where I started and I'm not really where I thought I would get to, but I'm, I'm halfway and I just settled there. And we don't want to live our lives like that. We don't want to uh, settle there because the reality is God's voice is always propelling us forward. God's voice is always propelling us forward. Here's the reality. Life is always changing. Life is never going to stay the same. So you have to learn how to change with life. And you want to learn how to change with life with the voice of God because God is propelling you forward. As you get a year older and your children get a year older and your marriage gets a year older, all of these things are happening. Are we intentionally moving forward with life? Are we growing with life with the voice of God? Are we just, I'm going to go halfway. 
I'm just going to stick with what I know right now. And I'm this age, and so I won't learn anymore. I won't move forward anymore. I'm just going to settle here. God is always moving us forward. And this is a little bit of the vision that I want you to get, that this is, this is what we will see in the call of Abraham, a vision for life. See, when we think about Abraham, um, even historically, that Abraham is the, center pre, the centerpiece of three major world religions, sort of the starting spot for Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. That they would all look to Abraham, in a sense, as a starting place for God's call. But if we look at the call of God for Abraham, that God wasn't calling Abraham to start a religion. Here's the systems, and here's the approaches, and here's the ceremonies, Lois. Here's how I want you to live your life. Think about that, guys. When, divine, when the divine voice shows up, this is what God is wanting to understand about himself. And this is what he says to Abraham. I don't want you to settle here. I want you to go to the place where I've called you. And this is how we need to think about life. Life has not stopped. You are still breathing, right? So that means your life is not over. There's a lot more. You haven't arrived as an individual, as a human, as a married individual, as a parent. You haven't arrived. We haven't got there. There's still room to grow and move forward. And God's voice is always calling us forward. So Abraham is in this place, this halfway place, this place where his family has settled. And then we see the voice of God to Abraham here in Genesis chapter 12. And it says this, and it sounds like this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you and to and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And contained in those few verses is a vision for your life. This is how we should live life. What God said to Abraham shows up. Where is he? Well, he's with his family and, and they've gotten halfway. They've settled somewhere. God shows up. First thing he says, he says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. A couple different things in, in there. A couple simple things. It's good to leave home. <laughs> right? It's good to leave home. Now, I want to say literally and figuratively, it's good to leave home. Why? Because there, there, there's things that you learn. Are, are, are you thankful for, that, for the home that you grew up in? <laughs> you better not be sitting near your parents with that terrible response. I am so thankful for the home I grew up in. But there's only, listen, there's a little bit that you learn about leaving home, just about being responsible. That mommy and daddy shouldn't take care of you forever. That you have to move your trust from your trust in your parents to your trust in God. That I am moving, that God, I'm thankful for my father, but God is my father. 
the one that my, my parents have trained me to serve is the one that I should serve. And this is what good parents will do. Hey, put your trust in God. I'm not always going to be here. That's true, isn't it? Put your trust in God. And then there's the other part of leave, leaving, in a sense, is just leaving the things that you already know. You, you, you've learned and you, you've gained some knowledge in the home that you grew up in. And until you leave home, this is not necessarily about geography, necessarily, but it is a big part of it. Until you leave, you can't actually learn anything new. Because you're, you're here in the bubble of your home. And then uh, God is saying, you know, I, I want you to, to, to move away from the things that you know so that you can know something else. Because there's only certain things that, that you can learn staying physically in your home and then connected to your parents. That God wants you to move out so that you can learn and grow and you can't stay here. So that you can move out with knowledge that you're not getting stuck. Because a big part of life is is growing up, being responsible, and then learning what you don't know. Because there's a lot that you don't know. And there's a lot to learn. But what can we do? We, We can be like Abraham. We can just sort of settle. Well, this is, you know, this is all I know. And and I'm satisfied with what I know. And, you know, we're just kind of stopping halfway. You know, God is calling us out. And then he's calling us to an adventurous life, to the place that I will show you. In other words, I'm not showing you the whole picture right now. But I am going to show you as you move. As you go to the promised land that life is moving forward and God will show you this wonderful adventure of serving God. There's no life like it. And it's not a life of halfway and it's not a life of mediocrity. It is a day where every day is an adventure of following God. Every day in the big and in the small things. The small things, you know, if you if you have children you know we got a a 20 year ish time frame there because we we want to we want to get them ready right we want to get them for life and we want to get them ready to serve god and then we just want to set them free to change the world right and then we want to set them on their own adventure of following god and growing and learning so hey in that that 20 year span with your kids, every day is an adventure, right? Every day is something new. Every day is something exciting. And we can't just think, well, I'll, I'm so glad when my, my kids leave home and then I'll get to the things that God wants me to do. No, you've got stuff to do every day with your kids. That's an adventure. That's exciting, I, he says, I'm calling you out of your, your father's house and then I'm going to show, I will show you. As you go along, God will be leading our steps into such an adventure. Such an exciting way to live knowing that God will be with me and speaking to me every day. And then he says this, verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation. So here he's speaking how, how this, they would think about this a nation. It means a really big family. And at this point... Sarah 
is, is barren. She has no children. He, and Abraham, they have no children. This is like, I'm going to make of you a great nation. This is the promise that God is giving to him. And then he says to him this. God says to him this. I will bless you and make your name great. We were singing about this this morning. This is such a great understanding of life. And this is such a great understanding of our relationship with God. What is God saying to Abraham? What is he telling him about his relationship with the divine? What does our relationship with the divine look like? He says to us, I will bless you. That God wants to do good in your life. It helps us to understand the voice and the nature of God. The good things that come our way, God has blessed us with those things. You have blessings in your hand right now, a measure of blessing. But we know for our lifetime, what is God saying to Abraham? I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. This is such a great way to think about life as a child of God that we were singing about this morning. What does our relationship with God look like? God is going to be blessing us. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulties and struggles. We live in a broken world and Jesus said we're going to have trouble. But we know all along the way, every step and every season, God's heart and mind is good towards me. That God is always my solution. He is never my problem. And this is how we need to live on our journey of life. We need to keep that straight. That God is blessing me. That God is pouring out a blessing upon you, the Old Testament verses say. Are you excited about that notion today? I think you should be. That God is, this is part of his character. This is part of his nature. This is who God is revealing himself to to Abraham, this I'm telling you, Abraham, what I'm like. And then it says there's a purpose for the blessing. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Thank God for that. So that you will be a blessing. So that you will be a blessing. So, oh, then there's a purpose for the blessing. It isn't just for me to experience the blessing, although that's great. That's exciting. That contained in the same idea that God is a God of blessing. Then he gives us a purpose for the blessing. And the purpose is so important. That you can be the type of person that is blessed, but then you bless someone else. That you are a conduit of blessings. And this is a vision for life. This is the divine vision. For mankind, this is what God was showing up to Abraham and telling him, not start a religion. This is how you live your life. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing. Man, what's great about that too is that keeps you humble, right? You realize the blessing came from God and then God has a purpose for the blessing, So we would never look at the end of our lives and be like, I'm so blessed because I'm such a genius. No, the blessing came from God. And then what am I going to be working towards as the blessings come my way? I'm going to manage those blessings. I'm going to steward those blessings so that I could be a blessing. This is the divine vision for life. God is blessing you. And he wants to make you a blessing.
So what, what is the beginning place? Uh, we're we're going to get out of our parents' house. And I'm going to tell you, that means a lot of different things. Like I said, it's, not, it's, it's all of what I know, but I can know more once I move out. In every sense of the word. Do you get that, what I'm saying? That's, it's a moving forward idea. We're not going to get stuck halfway. And then there's an adventure to get on. I will show you. We're going to move out. There's going to be an adventure. God is going to bless us. And then we're going to be a blessing. There is nothing greater for you to do with your life than that. Nothing you could describe. No mode of being. No life that you could describe that's better than that notion right there. That is how we should live our lives. And I'm excited about that. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thought. It's, it's bigger than us. It is divine. It's bigger than just my desires and what I want. Do you see what I'm saying? If, if we just limit our lives to, well, is this what I want? This, what it is? And, and the culture will just feed that thing in us. But then the divine voice says there's something more. There's something beyond that. There's a way to live that's beyond than what we could dream or imagine. And what's great about it, too, is that it helps us to have goals in life. That I'm, I'm, I'm moving out and I'm going to be on this adventure. So there's something out in front of you. There's something out in front of you all of the time that we're aiming towards. That we're not getting stuck settling here. There's always something. There's always some new knowledge to gain. There's always a new adventure to walk in. There's always another person that I can bless. And all along the way, God is blessing me. God is blessing me each step of the way. So there's always something out in front of me. We should always have purpose and goals in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says this. Do you not know that in a race all runners won, but only one receives the prize? So run the race that you may obtain it. Obtain what? The prize. We shouldn't be thinking, I, I want to finish in the middle of the pack. I want to finish halfway with my potential. I want to finish halfway with the amount of blessing that I could bestow on other people. I just want to get, you know, I'm, I'm okay with sixth place. No, this is not what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church. Run the race so that you can win the prize. Verse 25, listen, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive perishable, a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So the comparison is for us, we want to, to live our lives like an athlete. We're going to discipline ourselves so that we can do the things that God is calling us to do. We're going to set aside certain things so that we can do the divine thing. We can do the voice of God in our lives because we want to win, win the race of life that I'm running. Verse 26, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be 
disqualified. So I'm not running aimlessly. God gave Abraham a vision for life. God gives you a vision for life. We're not running aimlessly. Life should be intentional. I shouldn't be settling halfway. Where am I going? Where am I going with my parenting? Where am I going with my career? Where am I going with my marriage? I I, want to be like the runner who's disciplining himself, that I'm putting things aside that are slowing me down. I want to run the race that God gives me. Because I want to win at this thing called life. The Apostle Paul gives great commentary in the book of Romans about Abraham's life. Let's read this together. Romans chapter 4, verse 13 says this, For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. In other words, Abraham put his trust in God, and that's how he had a relationship with God, and that's the same way we have a relationship with God. For if it is the the adherents to the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16. This is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace. So that I'm putting my trust in God for my life. I'm not depending on me. I'm putting my trust in God. I'm allowing God, wanting God to lead me forward. And be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is what we saw in every story that we've looked at. God showed up. To Gideon. And what did he say? You're a mighty man of valor. He showed up to the Apostle Paul and he told Ananias to tell him, hey, I want him to be a great instrument for me. God showed up to Abraham and he called into existence the things that weren't. This is what the voice of God sounds like in our lives. He's calling out to our potential. He, and he's the one that knows he, he knows what's in you. He knows how to maximize all that he's put within you for each area of life that we've been talking about. Family, career, all these different things. So God's voice in us calls into existence the things that aren't there yet. And this is why the life in God is an adventure. Because he's always calling something new. He's not saying, you know what, it's okay for you to stagnate for five years. It's okay, it's okay for you to, speak, to become a cesspool with no outlet valve and just stay right where you are. No, he's always calling. He's always calling into existence the things that aren't there, the, the things you aren't actually walking in yet. What is he talking about? He's calling Abraham, the father of many nations, the guy who has no child. This is how the voice of God works on the inside of us. Let's stop resisting it. Because he's calling us forward. He's moving us forward. He knows how to get you to the promised land. 
Let's not settle halfway. So what is the voice of God like? He's calling us forward. Calling out to your potential. Calling into existence in your life the things that aren't there yet. The things that you can't see yet. The voice of God is calling out to those things. Man, let's choose to walk in them. Let's not settle halfway. Let's keep moving forward. Verse 18, in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. How old was Abraham? When Isaac was born, he was 100. When there was no reason to hope, he kept on hoping in God. Why? Because God was calling something out of him. Abraham was moving towards the promise. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Fully convinced that 25 years before Isaac was born, God had promised him that he would be a great nation. Fully convinced that God was able to do it. See, some of the things on the inside of you, some of the dreams that you have on the inside of you, are kind of like, you know, this is a little bit foolish. This is maybe a little bit too big. It is too big for you, but not for God. That's the point. We're going to trust God. We're not going to trust in ourselves. The voice of God is the one moving us forward. 25 years to the promise, but God says it 25 years ago, and then he's moving you to the promise. And what are we going to do? We're just going to trust him. Fully persuaded that God is able to bring those things to pass in your life, the things that you see, the things that he's calling out of you. The things that you see out in front of you about who your children can be, about what your marriage can look like, about what your business can look like. God is calling it out of you. And what are we going to do? We're just going to believe it. We're just going to believe the voice of God in our lives, even when there's no reason to trust, there's no reason to hope. There's no reason to believe, but I'm going to know that the voice of God is calling me forward. It's calling out to my potential. Man, this is how to live. This is how to live, people. This wasn't about starting a religion. This is about how to live life. Verse 22, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words that was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. The story of Abraham is written for us. It's great to know the details of Abraham's life for Bible study purposes, but it wasn't written just for that. It was written so that we could know the voice of God. 
that we can know what it looks like when divinity intersects with humanity. It will be counted to us who believed in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who's delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So what's the last thing in the call to Abraham? We're going we're gonna to get out of our parents' house. We're going to learn a bunch of new things that we never knew. We're going to follow God on the adventure of life. He's going to bless us to make us a blessing. And then what? <laughs> I'm lost on my notes because I'm so excited about this message. He has a legacy for you to live. He has a legacy for you to live. Genesis 18, verse 17. It says, The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation? And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him. To keep the way of the Lord, doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. So he, we see that what God is doing in Abraham was not supposed to just stop with Abraham. It actually had to do with his children and had to do with the legacy beyond him. And here's the thing for all of us. That we're not just living a life. We are creating a legacy. That the big vision for life that God has for all of us lives beyond our life. It goes beyond us. That Abraham was going to tell his children. What was Abraham going to tell his children? He was going to say, we settled in Haran. But God wanted us to get to the promised land. And he called me out of my father's house that I would live an adventure, that he would bless me to make me a blessing. And this is the legacy that we need to leave our children. That life doesn't begin and end with you, that actually life goes beyond you. And the purpose of your life is actually to be a blessing to somebody else. This is the vision for life. Let's remind ourselves again, Genesis 12, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That God wants to make your legacy a legacy of blessing. Do we, do we grab on to hold of that idea? Man, it, it affects everything that we do. It affects the choices that we make. It affects the race we run. Let's just pray this morning. God, I just thank you for any, everyone in the room today. I thank you, Lord like Abraham, that we are on our way to creating a legacy for you. 
so that others would follow and know you. And others would embrace this vision for life. God, we thank you that you're calling us forward. That you're not leaving us behind. That you're not leaving us halfway. But you're always speaking to us. That you're always showing us things to come. That you're always calling those things that be not as though they were in our lives. God, we want to follow your voice. And God, we just pray every day that you make us a blessing with the blessings that you have given us. God, I'm so thankful for this call that you gave to Abraham. That it informs our lives. It informs how we should live our life. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.